Welcome to Journey South Bay. Thank you for inviting us in to listen to God's Word. Take a moment to get comfortable, sit back, and relax as we listen to today's message. Uh, morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, day two of 2022. Awesome, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to be uh, sharing the some verses with you, but um, if you're able to stand, please stand. And um, this is from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly, and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Amen. You can be seated. And unless it's your practice to stand for the whole sermon, then I'm, I'm good with that. How are we all doing? Did we make it through Christmas? We made it through New Year's? Good, good. I love the eagerness coming up to read the scriptures. It's great. If you're like me, Christmas is tiring, isn't it? Isn't isn't the 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 quote break? It it can be it can be wild. Um, Christmas is a little bit complicated in a lot of ways. Isn't that true? I mean, for me, to get to know me a little bit, um, I have five children, five adult children. Uh, four of those have significant enough others where they're kind of part of the family. You know, we have one that's married, one that's engaged, and some very serious uh, boyfriends. Um, all my parents are living, thankfully. As I say this, you might be adding up in your mind, that is a lot of logistics for Christmas. And it is. I, I guarantee you that it is. Plus, um, I'm pastoring a church, Christmas season, COVID, all those sorts of things. It gets a little crazy. It's kind of complicated as we walk through it. I, I thought about Christmas, and I thought about the incredible joy that goes along with the um, high stress. You feel that a little bit? Yeah? I, I mean, Christmas, for me, I, it's fun. Like, it's just flat-out fun. You know, we don't have any little kids around right now, but we have nieces and nephews, and, and it is, it's just really fun. But also whether it's in your own life or others' lives, you know as part of the holidays and the Christmas season, there's this crippling sort of sadness and grief. It's just the reality of the season. There, there are these things that go on that are amazingly joyous and things that are difficult. So for, for my, my wife and I this Christmas, uh, we're trying to pull all together um, all of the kids and their significant others. That is hard to do. It happened once in 2021, and we thought, you know what, we can pull it off. So, so we started in early December getting it all together, and, and, and we did some negotiating and some bargaining <laughs> and all this stuff. And then on December 26th, we figured was the only day 
that we could all be in the same place at the same time. So I took the Sunday off, and we, we had it all planned out, and, and we were going to do it. And then this COVID wave hit, right? So three of the kids had COVID. They were in their quarantine time during Christmas weekend. It's not going to happen, right? So then it goes to like, okay, 2.0. Can we pull this off? 3.0. We were at 5.0 family Christmas when we finally figured out that Brittany would be done from her quarantine, could fly in from New York, right? Matt and Kira would be done from their quarantine. We could all get together one time on Wednesday night, and uh, we almost pulled it off. <laughs> we, our son-in-law got sick, and he couldn't make it. But we came close, and, and we took it. You know, we took that win. It was, you know, 10 out of 11. That's a pretty good percentage, and uh, we were there. After all of it, I mean, I tell this story because I know you can relate in some way. I, I know part of Christmas in some way you could relate to kind of the craziness and the puzzle pieces and the stress and all this. And we had a great night. Uh, or we got, you know, we, we got together on Christmas with some, some family, uh, saw the parents, had a great night on Wednesday. And then Lori and I were sitting there on Thursday morning just thinking, like, I'm exhausted. Like, this is, this is nuts. You know, what, where do we go now? What do we even do after Christmas, right? We, we were in that, that sort of week between Christmas and New Year's which is kind of weird anyway, right? And then we got to New Year's Day. And, and we had a, um, a, a really kind of rip-roaring party New Year's Day. We, we did some chores. <laughs> you know, we, we went to the store, and we cooked dinner at home. And then here we are. We're, we're starting in again in 2022. And it's good. It's good, right? But there's a little bit of, what do I do now? How do I move forward after all of that nuttiness to end 2021? And I thought, you know what, that is a little bit of a picture of the Christian life, right? It's a little bit of this idea of Jesus came. And that's what we celebrated during Christmas, didn't we? The whole Advent season, we were... We were we were, you know, having this symbolic waiting, 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 and then Christmas Day glory. Jesus had come. Man, it's good, right? And then after in the Christian life, there's a little bit of an idea of what, what now? What next? How do I move forward in this process? So today's sermon I've entitled Moving Forward, right? Here we are. We're right on the edge of a new year, which, which in some respects is just kind of a construct of time and whatever. Is life all that different from Friday until now and all that sort of thing? But we always see it as kind of this, this little bit of a new beginning. And I think that's good for our souls to say, you know what, God? I want to move forward in you with you in this new year. In our church at The Rock, our Christmas verse was John 1.14 this year. That's not original. It might have been your Christmas verse. It was probably Christmas verses for, for all over 
the world and churches. And the idea was we were going to go through this verse throughout the Advent season. So I, I preached through a series just simply called Incarnation, and we use this verse because it simply says in the beginning, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we looked at that in the Christmas season, how Jesus dwelt among us and what that looked like for our lives. And we concluded with the middle of the verse on, on, on the Sunday before Christmas, the glory has come. And what I want to do now today with you guys is end that verse, and that verse ends that Jesus was full of glory and truth. That, that's how it ends. And that's how I want to start today moving forward, okay? And I want to remind us that Jesus is indeed full of grace and truth, but Jesus is grace and truth. Titus 2.11, which, which you just heard, the, the, the verse 11 says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. We've talked a lot about that this Christmas season. Jesus has come. He's arrived. Grace has come. And Jesus has come to save his people from their sins. Salvation is here. And one of the great glories of Christmas is that it, that it says in verse 11 of chapter 2 of Titus, it's for all people. Isn't that amazing? Like, like the idea of people saying the religion of Christianity is um, obscenely exclusive, is ridiculous. It's for all people. Jesus came for all. And then it's our choice to say, are we going to believe in this Jesus who has come for everybody? So the grace of God has appeared, and we know from John 14, 6, that Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way and the truth in the life, no one comes to the Father but through him. Jesus is grace and truth, the only way to the Father. So with that as our beginning in Titus 2.11, I want to move forward with verses 12 through 14 to think about how we're going to move forward in 2022, our new beginning right now. These verses are all about living for Jesus, these verses are the very heart and center of the whole book of Titus. If you want to know what Titus is about, look at these verses here. That's going to tell you a lot. These verses summarize the very theological basis of our faith. I think they're huge, and I think they're good for us to look at today. And I want to encourage each of you, as we look, Apply what we talk about today to all of 2022. This can be a beginning for you to look forward of how you're going to live for God this year. So let's look. Starting in verse 12, we're going to continue here. It says, the grace of God has appeared, right? Bringing salvation. But that's in, 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 in you know, it's kind of this parenthetical thing, bringing salvation for all people. Of course, it's that. But it's also, starting in verse 12, to train us, to teach us. The grace of God is here for our benefit and God's glory to train and teach us about 
different things in life. This passage is all about training us to godliness in today's world here and now. We need that, right? Because we look at the end of verse 12, and it says, in this present age. So this is for them in that age, but it's for us in this age as well. And I'm going to apply it today, but why don't we just say, right here and now, in America, in 2022. That's what it's all about. It's training us. It's teaching us how to live in godliness. E. Stanley Jones said this, and I love this quote. The early Christians, so the Christians at this time, when it was written, the early Christians did not say in dismay, look what the world has come to. But they said in delight, look what has come into this world. They, they didn't focus on the world around them falling apart because it was. They focused on the fact that the incarnate Jesus was here now with grace for salvation and grace to train us. And I want to encourage us today to do the same. I, I, I really do. I, I don't think we want to approach 20, 2022 with the same expectations that somehow our world is going to change. So all we think about is politics. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. Or all we think about is the evils of social media. Are there problems? Absolutely. We all know that. Or even the problems of the real media, right? If it leads, it bleeds. That's what the media wants out of us. They want us to be so captured that we can't turn the TV off. We think about our world of celebrity, and, and, and we treat people that are the haves with way more reverence than the have-nots. Right? These are big problems. But I don't think we're called to look in dismay and say, what's wrong with our world? We're called to look with delight to say, Jesus has come. Jesus is here. Jesus is in me. Jesus is with me through all of my trials and problems. And Jesus is for me. He wants the absolute best for me in my life. We're called in 2022 to Christ-likeness, to godliness. So let's look here in this passage of four ways in which we're to train ourselves by God's grace into this godliness. The first thing in verse 12 as we continue, it says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly pas passions. Okay, the, the idea of to deny or renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, anything that is life apart from God, okay? Remember, this is written to Christians. So it's not like he's saying this ungodliness, this worldly passion, it's all, all those guys out there. I think Paul is encouraging Titus in this church to say, listen, we need to all look at our own hearts to deny, to train ourselves to deny these kind of ungodliness and the, these worldly passions. And, and I want to say this, I, and I'm examining this in my own life and also observing the world and knowing 
from the scriptures. The world is in us. It's hard to get away from the world. It's hard to get away from ungodliness. Like it's all around us, but there's also something in us that, that, that we're drawn that way. And we need to change our desires and delights from the world to God. It's real. I, I feel it in me. I'm drawn away from things that aren't God in my flesh. I, I think about, you know, this, this idea of selfishness. None of us wants to be selfish, but we find ourselves being in positions where I want my way. <laughs> like, I, I want my glory. I, I want things for myself and, and kind of practically works out of, I, I don't care about you because I want to get the things done for myself, right? My, my own personal comfort kind of trumps everything. And that's what I'm talking about when these worldly passions are in us, right? I, I want to entertain myself because I like it and it makes me feel good. And when it's in excess, when it's taking the place of God in my life, those are worldly passions and ungodly desires. I believed for years, this is a little bit of a controversial statement that needs a lot more unpacking. You know, I, I'm just a guest pastor, I'm not your pastor, so I can say things like that and then leave. <laughs> um, I believe that for years, avoiding the world is sort of fruitless, right? Like, like hear me, because I'm going to say more about it. We can't just avoid, 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 because it's so prevalent, and it's so in us, and it's so around us. That's why I think in verse 12, it's so important to understand that Paul's talking about renouncing the world denying the world. We can do that. We, we can do that in our hearts and minds and attitudes and say, I want Jesus more than the world. I want God more than the world. And that's what this passage is encouraging us to do. And that's what this passage is saying about the grace of God, is we've been given the grace of God to be able to do this to be able to stand up to the world and deny and renounce what the world wants for us. It's important. It's important for us in 2022. The church is less about avoiding the world and more about training and teaching in God's grace. That's just truth. And God's grace is God's help for us. God's grace is God's help we have in one another. You're the church. You, you look around at people in this room, and the church is designed for us to give grace to one another that we've received from God. The church is designed for us to encourage one another to deny and renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. So the first part of this is Will you let your heart be trained today to deny ungodliness and worldly passions in 2022? Ask yourself that. That's a good question. 
and working it out in God's grace is important. Secondly, it goes on in verse 12, and it says, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives, right? There's a denial, but now this is how we live. This is how we do it. I love it how Paul calls Titus and us to live, what to do, how to live our lives. It's a disservice when Christians are taught only about the don'ts of the Christian life, right? Don't do this, don't do that, don't, 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 don't. It's all about the the negatives, don't, don't, don't. I believe that produces joyless, legalistic, judgmental Christians and churches. If that's all we focus on, it's going to be tough to move forward. When I compare what I'm doing to others about, am am I not doing all these things and patting myself on the back? And then I think, wow, look how great I am. And the only things that's left is to say, and look how you're failing, right? I become very judgmental. It's just, it's just a result of it. I become self-righteous, and those around me become judged for their misdeeds. It's ugly in my heart, and I must look to Jesus. Paul here tells us to live to live, to do. If the church only plays defense and we say don't, 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 we miss out on so much. To live is to play offense, what we do for Jesus, right? And all the other things, if I continued the football analogy, it's the special teams and the coaching and the fans and all this great stuff. If it's just don't, we miss out on all the good stuff. Jesus calls us to have what? An abundant life in John 10.10. Calls us to live for his glory. How does Paul say we can do this in this passage? It says in verse 12 that we are to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. I think self-control is a really important driver of what we're looking at in this passage. Okay? Uh, the, the idea here in self-control it can be also, also translated soberly, to live sober lives, if you have that in your Bible. The, the Greek word is sophronos, and the key is, the translation is, with sound mind. That's the idea. We're in our right mind. I think it's somehow, sometimes helpful to say the opposite of something. So I want to talk about the opposite of this self-control. And I want to use the man in Luke 15 that we call the prodigal son. Right? You've, you know the story. There, there's a, a son who wants all of his father's inheritance so he can just go live his life. He can be done with his father. He, he can go do what he wants to do. And in that story, we're shocked when the father says, okay, and he gives him his inheritance. And he goes. That's shocking. It should shock all of us. It's, it's, it, is, it is wild that the father would do that. It would not happen in that culture. Okay, so it's a shocking story. So he goes off, and he is living the life. He's partying. He's doing it all. He's, he's living this just absolutely crazy, crazy life. It's the exact opposite of self-control. Right? He's out of his mind. 
He's not doing what he should be doing. And we know that because in Luke 15, 17, the verse says he finally came to his senses. Right? He was out of his mind and he came to his senses. I'm not talking about some, some lunatic that, that is drooling and doesn't know what day it is. I'm talking about someone who has departed what he's supposed to do. There's no self-control. He's out of his mind. And the passage said, he came to his senses and returned to his father. Okay? For us, we are self-controlled, sober, of sound mind when we believe in God. When we trust in God's plan for our lives. When we obey God's word in the scripture. When we say in 2022, I want to live for Jesus. Some people would say, you're out of your mind if you say that. The Bible says that is exactly how we know that you're in your right mind. You're sound mind. You're self-controlled. You're ready to live for Jesus. And I believe that... um, Uprightness and godliness, as it says in this passage, that follows. It always follows. When you're in your right mind, following Jesus, doing the things of God, uprightness and godliness follows. So the second admonition I have for you, the second question I have is, will you train yourself in 2022 to live? Go for it. Live for God. Be in your right mind. Be self-controlled. And say, you know what? I want to live life abundantly and have joy and peace and hope. So I'm going to live for Jesus in 2022. Third, in verse 13, it says, We need to train ourselves waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's talking about the second coming. Christmas, Advent, verse 11 the grace of God appearing was the first coming of Jesus. That's what we celebrate during Christmas, the Advent season. And after 500 years of waiting for God's glory to return, the nation of Israel saw the glory of God once again in the person of Jesus. There's joy, wonder, celebration, peace, hope, love, in people's hearts, in the coming of Jesus. Now, like these folks in Titus, we're waiting again. We're waiting for the return of Jesus once again to come. And Paul is telling Titus, that needs to be part of our training in God's grace, to wait and to wait well for Jesus to come again. That word, wait, when it's in the context of Jesus returning or Jesus coming, it has a connotation of eagerness. It, it's, not like, it's not like waiting to go into the doctor's office where it's like, you know, I don't really want to go in anyway, right? I don't, I don't want to go get my teeth drilled on. I know it's good for me. But I don't really want to go. Maybe I can postpone my appointment. I know none of you guys have ever 
put off things he didn't want to do. This kind of waiting is, I can't wait for it to happen. It's more like waiting in line at a ride at Disneyland than waiting to go into the dentist office. That's this idea of waiting. And we're called to train ourselves by God's grace to wait well in both attitude and action. We can't wait for Jesus to come, and we're going to live lives of holiness until he gets here. That's the idea of this kind of waiting. And we wait eagerly for Jesus because our hearts long for true joy. They long for it. We don't even know it, but that's what we long for. We want joy. We have all kinds of false, weak substitutes in this world to say they're going to bring us joy that don't. True joy comes with the return of Jesus. True joy is what we find in Psalm 1611, where it's described that when we're in the presence of God, there is the absolute fullness of joy. That's what we're longing for, and that's why I ask the question once again, will you train yourself by the grace of God to wait eagerly for Jesus in 2022? And that involves how you live your life. The kind of eager, anticipating, and waiting involves personal holiness and personal godliness. It's worth it. It's worth it. The fullness of joy rather than cheap substitutes. Sign me up. Let's do this. The fourth thing. Verse 14. Fourth way we train ourselves by the grace of God. It says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. That's what Jesus did. Who are zealous for good works. That's what we're called to do. Zealous for good works. Remember, always remember that good works are a product of our salvation, not the means of our salvation. We, we don't need to say that over and over again. We don't do good works in order to be saved. We do good works because we're saved. And that's the, that's the progression of this verse. It's talking about Jesus who redeemed us. So we're doing good works. I want to remind you the good works are important. So sometimes we talk about the grace of God in such a way that it says, that's all it's about. But I want to remind us today that good works are really important. In fact, it's what we're created for. Ephesians 2.7 says, we are his workmanship, meaning God created us. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Good works are what we're designed for. It's what we're created for. It's what God wants us to do in this world. In fact, I believe with all of my heart, based on my life, a lot of observation in the scripture, that we as human beings are most satisfied with life when we live in a way in which we are designed to live. Live in a way in which we're designed to live. How are we designed to live? It says in Ephesians 2.10, we're created for good works. That's it. That, that, that's what 
it says here, we're designed as human beings in God's image according to Genesis. Does God do good works in our lives? Does he do good works in creation? We're designed to follow in that love and mercy and justice and grace and in all these things God does. When you think about the commandments, remember how Jesus boiled down all the commandments into the, the, the greatest commandment, to love God? We're designed to love God. Then the second commandment is to love our neighbor. Everything else is just wrapped up in that. We're designed to love our neighbor. And that encompasses all the good works of the commands of the Bible. It's beautiful. It really is. Good works aren't just like, oh my gosh, i got to drag myself to church, blah, blah, blah. No, we're designed for it. It's joy. It's something that is good, and it's satisfying for our souls. So last question. Will you, by God's grace, train yourself to be zealous for good works in 2022? Isn't that amazing? These things God gives us are so helpful and so good and so true. All of them, all this stuff we've talked about today, it's a result of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. It speaks to us that Jesus loves each and every one of us deeply, that he came to give us grace and truth. It points us to the cross and our salvation, and it points us to life, just like we've talked about in this verse. So may we move forward in 2022 with the love of God and the passion of Jesus deep, deep in our heart. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and prompt you in many ways this year. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that you call us together. This is no small thing for us to be together and hear your word, to be together and encourage one another, to train one another in truth and grace. We love you, Lord. Be with us now. Help us to walk forward and move forward in 2022. It's in Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to the RSS podcast feed. This will let you know when a new message has been posted. You can also look for us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram at Journey South Bay. Until next time, God bless.